Wonderful. We uh, just want to encourage you with these testimonies of what God is doing outside the church walls. Amen. Some people have the idea of church. God's only in the church. He's in you. Wherever you go, you're a walking revival. That's if you're open to revival. Praise God. Open your Bible with me and let's have a look at Mark chapter 4. I shared a, 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 a message a week or so ago. I can't remember when. It seems a long time. But uh, um, about king's dream. You are a king. If inside you, you understand who you are, then one of the things you realize is your need to have dreams about your future and about your direction. I love the, the idea of Bill having a bucket list. Isn't that fantastic? A bucket list. And it'll be so many trips to China and so many people saved now preaching and, and of course, casting out demons next year. You realize that. Uh, put that on your bucket list too, casting out demons and, and praying for the sick and healing them. And you've only got one year to get ready for it. It'll be fantastic. So... I want to speak today, let kings arise. We were singing a song earlier on, Rise Up, and there, there was a, a theme flowing through our songs at the beginning about rising up. In the book of Peter, Peter describes us like this. He says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Many believers don't know who they are. We tend to think we're sinners, and we tend to see ourselves in terms of our past or our failures that God says you are an offspring, that God has chosen you, put his DNA spiritually into you, and now you are the offspring of God on the earth, and he says you are a royal priesthood. In other words, you have royalty in you. You are the offspring of a king. And I don't know about you, but when you notice uh, how kings operate, how kings speak, they carry themselves in a noble way, they act in a way often different to what ordinary people do. Why is that? Because they know who they are and they know how they're to operate in the earth. The Bible says that you and I are a priest. That means we have access by faith into the presence of God to pray and to see, to hear from God, to access His wisdom. But we're also a king. And I want to share today a message called Let Kings Arise. I'm going to follow this theme for a little while. But we're going to have a look here in this passage about kings and training. In the book of Revelation, which is a revelation of Jesus Christ, there's a number of things the Bible says, but one of the things they see him coming, and they see him coming, and he's clothed in white, riding a horse, and his name is King of Kings. He's a king, and he has many kings under his kingship. You need to see yourself as a king under the kingship of Jesus Christ, called to advance a kingdom. If your Christian life is about just coming to church and hanging on and not doing too many bad things, you've missed the point completely. That is not what Jesus came to do. He came to speak a message about a kingdom that was advanced through miracles and signs and wonders, a kingdom that brings hope to people. He wanted us to be born into that kingdom and then extend that kingdom. I want to share with you something that's actually really incredibly practical. We're going to take it out of one of the uh, stories of Jesus, of something he did. In verse 35, on the same day about even, when even had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they'd left the multitude, they took him along in their boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And there was a great storm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and it was filling up, and it was, looked like it's going to capsize, I guess. But he was in the stern, and he was asleep on a pillow. 
Imagine sleeping through a storm. You've got to be really tired or really pre- at peace. They woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care? We're about to die. And he arose. He rose up. He rebuked the wind, and he spoke to the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased. There was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Notice that? No faith. No faith. Your lack of faith is revealed in how you respond to the storms of life. And so they feared exceedingly. They said, Who is this be? Who can this be that even the wind and sea obey him? So I want to open up some things on this. I want you to keep, as you're thinking about this, that Jesus is the King of Kings. He's about to demonstrate his authority in nature. And he's got in training a bunch of junior kings. And I want you to see some specific lessons that we can draw out of this. It says here, even had come. Now, in the Bible, in Bible times, the day began at the evening. So we, we get up in the morning, so it's a new day. But for, uh, for, the, uh, for the Hebrew culture, uh, the new day begins in the evening. Six o'clock at night is the beginning of the next day. So it's evening and daylight make up the day. The evening first, then the daylight. And so you notice as you read that verse here, it's very clear he's talking about a new day, a new opportunity. So when evening had come, it's the end of one day, the beginning of another. It's the beginning of a new and a fresh day. God is always doing new things, completely new things and fresh things. And kings don't live in yesterday's things. They live in the new things that God is doing. And so we see that Jesus... At this point, it's a new day. I don't know whether you're aware of it, but there's a new season in the earth at this time. There is a new day dawning for the church of Jesus Christ, a day when miracles are in the marketplace, a day of the church invading society in a way it's never done before. When I've been up to Taiwan earlier this year, we had 80 pop stars and media people. I've never been in any church anywhere in the world where they had penetrated the culture, the pop culture, and had won so many people in the media to Christ it's a new day today for new things to happen. And every day we arise, it's an opportunity for something new. So a new day here speaks of a new beginning. Now God is about to move and do something different. You and I need to be aware that what God did 10 or 15 years ago is not what he's doing now. We're in a new phase, a new season of God's work, of God's work in nations. So the first thing is, even it comes the beginning of a new day, New, meaning, in every new day, you need something fresh from God. One of the dilemmas that many Christians have is living out of the experience of last year or the year before or even a decade ago or even a childhood experience of God. We need fresh experiences of God for the new seasons that we're in, fresh revelation from Him. Notice what it says, verse 35, Then He said to them. So the first thing we see is that kings receive prophetic revelation. It's a new day. And Jesus got new things to say. Jesus spoke to them. Notice there, he spoke to them. Don't live in last year's experience. What is God speaking now? God is speaking a whole number of things to his church globally right now about kingdom, about world missions or global missions, about Israel, about the supernatural, many things God's saying. Notice Jesus spoke to them. There was something he had to say. You have to position yourself to hear it. If you go back up to verse 34, when they were alone, he shared all things with his disciples. In other words, the crowd didn't hear what he was up to. It was the disciples who spent time alone. 
Are you building time alone with God to hear what He is saying for the season you're in in your life? We've been in ministry for many years, but right now for us, I feel that God wants to speak new things and fresh things. We want to spend our next season seeking Him for fresh things that He wants to do. Can't live off yesterday's experience. It isn't enough. We need new things for the new day. We're living in a generation which is open to the supernatural in a way unprecedented. We need to be experiencing as individual believers and as a church a new dimension of God. It comes through the prophetic word. It comes by hearing God speak. It comes by you positioning yourself to let God speak to you. In the story of Mary and Martha, Mary positioned herself and she heard directly firsthand from the Lord. How many of us are positioning ourselves to hear firsthand from the Lord? Kings receive prophetic revelation. If you're going to be a king serving under Jesus Christ, we need to be hearing from him, what does he want me to do? What does he want for this next season of my life? What adjustments do I need to make? What fresh vision does he want to put in my heart so I'm not living day to day, I'm living out of an anticipation and expectation of new things God is about to do. As a church, we're about to launch into Pakistan. This is a completely new day. We're about to launch into the whole area of media and be able to impact multitudes, millions of people through media. This is a new day. God is saying new things. It's not just the latest thing we dreamed up. This is something God is speaking about is a door opening up into the Muslim world in a way that has never happened before. Wherever I've gone in the Muslim world, Jesus is appearing to people. People are supernaturally encountering him. But nevertheless, the church must arise and, spend, and let the gospel go into these places. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a day of global harvest. It's a day of ordinary believers arising with the supernatural power of God operating in their life. Don't say it's not for me. It is for you, but you've got to position yourself so you're in the flow of revelation, hearing from God, catching His heart. It's a day, I believe, when God is raising up fathers and mothers to nurture a generation that's fatherless. This is a great day. It's a great day for us. It's a great day if we can position ourselves and be hearing how God wants us to respond. There's men and women in here. God wants you to catch a heart for the next generation and of this time and energy and finance in working with them and raising them up. So it's a new day. Notice here that while they were alone, Jesus spoke to them. You don't get to hear from God usually when you're out with the crowd. You get to hear with God, from God when you're alone. Notice the second thing is, the first thing is kings receive prophetic direction, prophetic insight, prophetic revelation. If you're going to serve God and advance His kingdom, you need to be hearing Him. Because you need to hear Him for that workplace. You need to hear Him for your family. You need to hear Him for your business. You need to hear Him for the school. You need to hear what God has to say because what is doesn't necessarily mean it's got to stay that way. God says it can be different. The second thing is kings dream of enlarging their territory. Most kings have got something in mind. They want to govern the territory well. They also want to enlarge it, want it to grow wealthy, want their subjects to grow wealthy. They want the, the territory to increase. They want to grow and expand it. So Jesus was continually thinking how to take new territory. Jesus was a visionary. He can, his vision at the end of it was, go take the gospel into every nation of the earth. 
I don't hear him saying, sit and look after yourself. I don't hear him saying, sit in a cozy place just concerned about yourself and your children. I don't hear him saying that. I hear him saying, go into all the nations of the earth. When we first talk about Pakistan, they one or two raise their eyes and say, isn't that risky? Yes, but starting the church in Jerusalem was very risky too. Come on, it's a day when God is causing people to arise with a sense of challenge. If you're in business, how can you advance the gospel through your business? You're not there just to survive. You're there to prosper and do well and release resources and get a heart for mission. See God moving. So notice here, his words to them. Here's what they got. Let's cross over to the other side. I want to draw two things about that. The first thing is the other side. The other side meant the other side of the lake. There was a realm of territory of the Gadarenes that Jesus wanted to enter. It was governed by demonic powers. The people were shut down. In fact, the very first person they met was the most demonized man in the region. Real scary, maniac, lunatic. But the heart of God was, we've got to go to new territories. I know we're having revival. I know we're having great meetings. I know people are getting blessed. I know people are getting touched. But there's territories have never heard the gospel and I want to go to those places. Let's cross over to the other side. Let's go to where we haven't been before. Let's not rest and be comfortable. That's the heart of Jesus. See? So kings are forever thinking how they can enlarge their territory. Jesus as a visionary wants you to get vision of how your life can have an impact. Get alone with God one day and write down how many years you think you might have left and say, what could I accomplish with the kingdom of God in that time? Don't sit around saying, I wonder what the church can do for me or maybe isn't doing for me and end up in a small world and complaining negative world. Start to think like a king. I'm a king. I need to hear what God could do through me in the life I've got yet to live on the earth. Well, you've got to get that in your spirit. Go to the other side, new territory, new opportunities. See, it could be in your personal life the territory. It could be a financial area. It could be a business area. It could be a family area. I mean, every one of us has got some territory to advance the kingdom in. You may just be stuck in some form of bondage. Well, that's an area. Write it down. That's the other side for me. I've got to break out of that thing and get free of it. Maybe something that's got around you, a habit that's got your life. You say, the other side. I'm crossing to the other side. I'm not staying here. I've got to break out and see the kingdom of God breakthrough in my life. The other side. So let's cross over. It means you have to travel through. You've got to move forward. You actually have to move, have to progress. There's a good word in the Bible, there's a good word that you can use for it's called migrate. person migrates. They go from one place to another. Our, our, our life with God is from faith to faith. It's a journey of migration. It's not of staying where we are. Anyone who stays where they are is stopped. Anyone who stays where they are is stopped. They're dead in the water. The yacht dead in the water don't go anywhere. It's just at the mercy of whatever. Just, it's becalmed. It's a horrible state when you're like that. No, no, we need to be moving forward. We need to be making conscious decisions, especially as the exit this year, as we come into next year, we are moving to take new territory personally, in our family, in our business, in our finances, in our, in our ministry effect on other people. We're going to enlarge. We're going to break out. We're going to go take new territory. So he said, I must be willing to make the change. Now, of course, as a church, we've been through 
a lot of changes in this last year and they're quite challenging I suppose in many ways you do feel the stress because we all tend to like to be comfortable but actually I'm looking and thinking well now I've got people up there in America with the Dream Centre, I've got people up in Auckland now with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids, I'll have Dave and Kate working with millions up in Pakistan, we'll be having people and we've got uh, people up there in Northern Territories there working with uh, Aborigines, we've got lots of things are happening, we've got Sue up in Uganda and all kinds of things are happening there and so we see our territory is enlarging. Now you see, unless you identify with that, you, you, you miss what God is doing. You can't see the big picture. Big, big picture is very, very big. But of course, if we're in our little world, we can't see a big picture at all. Now God wants us to expand our thinking, expand our believing in every kind of area. Expand the thinking. Amen? So here's the thing. Kings dream of enlarging their territory. What assignment has God given you? What is your territory and how can you enlarge it? What has God called you to influence? How can you increase your influence? You may be in a rest time or you may be in some place there. Well, who can you grab from the jaws of hell before they snuff out and burn up forever? There's always some territory to take. Always in the kingdom of God. Amen? So kings know there is someone. Here's the next thing you notice. Kings advanced to new territory. I want you to see something here in these verses. When they had left the multitude, the multitude just are the multitude. They don't usually go very far. They follow everyone else. There is, if you're going to be a king, if you're going to stand up and fulfill your destiny, you can't follow the crowd. Young people, if you want to be great, don't follow the crowd. Crowd are lost, bewildered, bewitched, under all kinds of influences. They don't know where they're going and they don't know what controls them. So they left the multitude. If we live our life to please people and we live our life continually to meet the needs of people, live our life continually to keep people happy, we will never, never move from where we are into larger territory. Because you know what happens? The moment you try to step out and make a change, people try to stop you. We don't want you to make the change. We don't feel comfortable with you being there because it'll show up we're not moving. That's what happens. happens everywhere. So uh, you're going to move from the crowd. So there's a couple of things that they had to, the first things they had to do, they had to leave the crowd, had to leave the crowd behind. The crowd, uh, it takes vision and courage to go against what other people do. You'll probably realise over the years we've never really followed what all the other churches do. And not everyone's very happy about that. Some people come and say, well, you should be like them down the road. No, because we were never raised up to be like that. We've tried to resist some of the current trends because I just, they, they violate the DNA I have. Church should be full of God, full of the presence of God, full of what God is doing, full of people who love one another and love God and happy to be themselves and keen to advance the kingdom of God. See, so you have to resist the pressure. There's pressures everywhere. Pressures in ministry, pressures in finance, pressures in business. No matter where you are, there's pressure. The, the question is, if you're a king, do you have vision and will you expand your territory and resist the pressure of people? It takes courage to do that. Say our marriage is going to be different, our family is going to be different, our business is going to be different, our lives are going to be different. It takes courage to do that. So you've got to leave the crowd because the crowd aren't doing that and the crowd are never right. 
Never. Think about that. Why would you follow the crowd if they're never right? Come on, think about it. Just think about it. A couple of years ago, the crowd was saying, come on, buy up more land, buy up investment, buy up property. Buy up. The God was saying me something different. He's saying, no, 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 get rid of your mortgage, make sure everything's all paid off. I felt a bit goofy and stupid that I was the only one thinking that way. Turned out to be quite a good move, really. So they left the crowd. See, see kings advance to new territory. So you have to, to advance to new territory, you've got to stop worrying what people think and you've got to advance in what God is showing you to do. So they left the crowd. Notice they did two things. They left the people and they left the shore. You never go out into the seas of uh, opportunity if you don't leave the shore of security. There's sometimes we've got to step out and take risks and take chances and, and step out and let go security. I think for Dave and Kate really honour them that right now they're planning to let go everything that they've tried to build and to, to let go all security. Now, at that age in life, that's a big challenge. You know, knowing that you're going to sow your finance and your life and you have an uncertainty about your future. That's, if you're a responsible father and husband, that's a huge challenge. See, the same for Doug and Kalinda, same for Terry. These are big challenges to leave security, to leave the shore to pursue the walk that God's called us to. Now, your security doesn't mean leaving Hastings or anything. Your security could be just your house. It could be something you've got your life invested in and you, you could do great things, but you're held to that thing. What is it that's holding you? What's stopping you? What's got a grip? What is the crowd that's saying to you? What is the, what has it got hold of you that as a king you can't enlarge because you fear the crowd or fear to leave the shore? Think about it. See, so here's the thing is they were not alone. Jesus was with them. You may think when you take the journey of faith you're alone and it feels like you're alone and it feels incredibly lonely, I can tell you now. But you're not alone, Jesus with you. Now the other thing, if you look in the verse, you'll see something I hadn't noticed before. Other little boats were there. There's other people stepping out just like you. And sometimes when you step out in faith and do something a bit different, it feels like you're the only one and you feel like you're a little bit weird. But you know what? I can tell you now, there's always other people doing it too. You just don't know about them yet. So here's the next thing. Kings have spiritual perspective. And verse 37, it said, a great storm arose. Tremendously great storm arose. Here's the thing you'll find. There's always demonic opposition to the dreams of kings. If you intend to advance the kingdom of God, there will be demonic opposition. The demonic opposition came in two ways, one in the form of a storm, and the second one they landed in the, storm, in, in, in the form of a person. Or in other words, putting it simply, that whenever you try to fulfill your destiny in Christ, there's certainly you will find demonic opposition rise up in the form of circumstances and people. And all of it will be to intimidate you, make you lose your dream, and look out for yourself and become full of fear and full of unbelief. It's always the same. Every kind of situation where we try to, now, uh, where we try to step out and do the things of God, inevitably there will be some storms. You have to be ready for them. That word storm there, is a, it means literally a whirlwind. It's like a, a column of air that's just swirling around and around like that. You get caught in a whirlwind, boy, you really know it. You get spun around and thrown up in the air and you're extremely unstable for a while. And this was no ordinary storm. It was a demonic storm. I've been in one of them in, uh, when I was preaching in uh, Fiji. I was in a room preaching about religious spirits and this, taunt, this, uh, this uh, whirlwind started up inside the room. 
wind just started to run round the room like that. It was loud enough to hear and strong enough to feel and there was no physical cause for it. And as quickly as it started, it stopped, went out and then it attacked the church evangelism hut, tore all the roof off it, but didn't touch any of the other huts. It was a demonic whirlwind. So this is a demonic whirlwind that actually caught up the seas and then raised the seas up so they were in danger of sinking. Now there's a number of storms. There's usually three different types of storms come in life. There's storms that come because we goofed up so badly we've created a huge mess and now we've got a storm. Those are not good ones. You've got to repent. It takes you time to put them back together again. And If you're honest with God, he'll help you. There's another storm that God lets rise up to get your attention or to check your faith out. And then there's a demonic storm. Demonic storms just straight out resistance. You've got to discern what the storm is. So this was a demonic storm because straight after they met a demonic man. So new assignments have new challenges. Keep your eyes on your assignment, not on the challenge. Jesus said, we've got to go to the other side. If he said, we're going to go to the other side, he didn't anticipate a boat sinking on the way. And if it did, there'd still be driftwood to hold on to to get ashore. Paul had three boats sink under him, but he carried on. This is, a, this is Christianity that, that Jesus proclaimed was never sissy. The boat sank, he carried on. In this particular case, Jesus had no, he knew the end from the beginning. If he has given you an assignment, he'll get you there. And I don't care what storms come and whether your boat sinks on you, nevertheless, he can get you there. Because if he gave the assignment, he didn't change because there was a storm. If you live out of circumstances, feelings and experiences, when they turn bad, you'll sink. You have to build your life on revelation and on the Word of God so in the storm you keep your perspective. You keep sound in your mind. Storms come to fill you with fear so your faith goes. Notice what Jesus said. They were so filled with fear. He said, you've got no faith. In other words, the storm and circumstances when they focus their attention off it cause them to forget the assignment that they had And what happened with them? They got filled with fear. They began to doubt the Word of God. Then they began to accuse Jesus. Jesus, you don't care about us. They began to blame Him. You need to help us. They're thinking not like a king. They're thinking like a victim, someone powerless in something they can't control. What it exposed was their thinking. What it exposed was their faith level. Listen, you can be in the middle of meetings and God's doing stuff and still develop no faith. Faith is built on hearing and responding to the Word of God, of getting God's Word into your own heart and life. Otherwise, you can be in a great meeting, have a great experience, and the next day your boat's sinking. The key thing is what did God say to you and are you pursuing it? And if there's a storm, what is coming up in your life in the face of that storm? If you're a king, you'll arise and assert your dominion. If you're a victim, you say, oh, help me, Jesus, I'm sick of welfare. Whose stupid idea was it to put us in the boat? Come on. Jesus was so unconcerned he was asleep. Why was he so unconcerned? Because he absolutely knew he was going to the other side. He'd heard from the Father. He had revelation. He's a king. That's why he's acting like a king. He's sleeping unconcerned about the circumstances. 
And not only that, he expected them to act like kings. He expected them to act like he would, and he had, and stand up and do something. He expected them to do what? He expected them to stand up and speak to the demonic storms and exercise kingly authority. I'll develop this another time. But kings make decrees and assert dominion. Okay? So what happens to you? It says Jesus rose up and he spoke directly into the storm and told it to be quiet. The word is he commanded or he legislated or he set a divine decree. What you understand is he used his power of words. He used words filled with faith to shut down the demonic storm and, and calm the circumstances down. There was a great storm and there was a great peace. What changed it from a great storm to a great peace was a king standing and speaking into the storm, speaking the word of God into the storm, not doubting in his heart. He said, if you have the faith of God or faith like God, you'll speak to the mountain, be removed. I can't understand why so many Christians have such quiet voices. When there's so many things you need to speak strongly and firmly, be removed. See, there's a reason for this. Kings decree. They don't beg. They don't plead. They don't entreat. Kings stand up and speak the word of God. You are here on this earth as a king. You have to learn how to speak God's word over your circumstances. Speak God's word over your marriage, over your personal life, over your finances, over your family. The Bible says the world we see were framed or constructed by God having a dream and speaking a word. We, when we operate in faith, must learn how to do the same thing. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare today, everything in my day shall work together for good for me. I declare in Jesus' name, things come into divine order. I receive revelation today. You've got to learn how to speak the Word of God over your life, calling the things to be not as though they are. That's how kings operate. That's how kings pray. Kings speak over their life, speak over their circumstances. They take dominion over spirits. I take dominion. I declare no assignment against me shall prosper today. Every weapon that's for no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No relational weapon, no financial weapon, no spiritual weapon, no emotional weapon. None shall prosper today. I walk in the blessing of God today. You've got to learn to arise like a king and speak like a king because you are a king. See, we are kings waiting to rise up. That's why I share this message. When Jesus heard of the storm, he arose. Let the kings arise and begin to exercise their kingship and start to speak in the Spirit and shape their world according to the Word of God. There's so many believers undermine their world constantly living and talking like a victim, speaking negatively, speaking and complaining. The people of Israel in the wilderness complained so much and the Lord, the Lord said to them, what you said, it'll come to pass. But Joshua said, we're well able to go up and take these giants. God is with us. And he said, that's how a king speaks. You'll go in and possess the land and I'll make sure you get there. So you've got to learn to speak like a king, to think like a king, to frame your world like a king would frame his world. Hearing the voice of God desiring to expand your territory, letting go of what people think and letting go of circumstances to step out and to do new things and rising when the voice of God comes and speaking into it like a king. If storms come, speak into them. 
something happens, rise up and speak. Don't talk to people about your problem. Talk to the problem. Don't complain to someone how tough it is. Get near God and get his perspective and decree it over your problem. Make the circumstances of your life yield to the invisible realm of eternity. The Bible says all these things are a light affliction and they work for us a great weight of glory while we look not at the seen things which are temporal but at the unseen things which are eternal. What does that look like? Very simple. You keep your eyes fixed on what God is saying. And if God said to get there, well, that storm's not going to stop me. If the boat sinks, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get there. I will get there because God has sent me there. If you're thinking, you know, about you have a destiny to call things to accomplish in your life, you don't have to be afraid of death. Why? Because God will keep me until I fulfill my assignment. See, it's a perspective about life. It's a whole king's way of thinking about life. I've yet to accomplish many things. I can't die tomorrow or the day after. There's things for me to do. And so I need to declare like a king and speak over my life and over uh, the, the areas God's held me responsible for what God is saying. Father, we just thank you today. There are many kings waiting to rise up today. There are men and women in here today who have your seed in them, who have received your spirit and have a royal seed. There's royalty in waiting, O oh God. Father, I pray that in the today and in the weeks ahead that the voice of your spirit will stir that kingly seed to stand up and to begin to start to walk like a king and think like a king and speak like a king and act like a king and create a different realm around them just like a king would. Perhaps just while we're finishing here in the last few moments, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, don't know Jesus Christ, then a great day for you to be to come to Jesus today. Jesus said this, whoever received him and believed on him, he gave power to be a child of God. Notice that, a child of God, born into a royal family. You may be complaining about your background, where you've come from and what happened, all that kind of stuff. Listen, I've got news for you. When you get born again, you come into a new family, get a new start, get a divine DNA put into your spirit and soul, you become different. But you have to make a decision. God says he's chosen you. Will you just say, yes, I'm responding. If you're here today and you want to become a Christian, a Christian's just a follower of Jesus Christ, a king in training, but you've got to make a decision and a choice to personally receive him. If there's anyone here today right at that point, I'd love to give you a chance to receive Jesus, become a Christian, have your sins forgiven, have a fresh start in life. If, if that's you today and you're right at that place of decision today and you, you sense, man, God's talking to me, I need to respond. You may feel a bit nervous on the inside, but you know something's happening, your heart's pumping. You say, man, I, I just need to do something. When you raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to become a Christian today. Anyone here today, just right at that place of decision, just raise your hand. Just let me know. I want to become a Christian. Anyone here today? Anyone here right at that place? Just let me know. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Let me know. Maybe others here today, and you've been just strengthened. In fact, you felt God speak to you to start to rise up on your inside. If that was you, God spoke to you about that, about making changes in your personal life, beginning to rethink and set some clarity around your direction and where you go. If you know God's speaking that way, say, that's me. God's talking to me that way. God bless, God bless, God bless. 
Father, we just pray that in these coming weeks, kings will arise in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Amen. Come on, let's give a lot of clap.